Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It ain't the left side or the right side, then it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side or the right side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side here with Kat and Paul Pick. And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. The Dolphins drop another embarrassing loss here to New Orleans Saints, 20 to nothing in London. And what can you say? I mean, just embarrassing all the way around. First drive of the game, the Dolphins march 90 yards down the field, get to the three-yard line after a long completion to Julius Thomas. Jay Cutler rushes the snap and just darts it to cornerback Ken Crawley. And, and Crawley actually almost had another interception in that same quarter. I mean, it's it just goes from bad to worse. The defense isn't playing terrible, but it's definitely a bend-but-don't-break unit. But offensively, Paul, I don't think I've ever seen we, – we've seen some inept offenses over the years from the Miami Dolphins. We've been fans for a long time. I don't think I've ever seen it as bad as it's been the last two games. I want to touch on one real quick thing there with the defense. If your defense is holding teams to 20, 20, and I think it was 13 for the first three games of the season, with the weapons that Miami's supposed to have on offense, you should be at least 2-1 and one at this point. You look at that – and really, your team should be able to put up 20 points in at least two of those games, if not more. So for me, it's it's definitely even more frustrating when I look at this offense and look at the fact that really, other than a garbage time touchdown the last two weeks, they haven't been able to get their head out of their ass. And and that that's definitely worrisome. I mean, the, the interception to start the game, I kind of felt like Julius Thomas let himself get pushed out of the way by a man three quarters of his size and just kind of put in lackadaisical effort. I'm kind of getting over the Julius Thomas experiment. I don't think it's working. I know he had that one catch when everybody forgot to cover him, then a couple others later on. But in reality, this is a guy that's supposed to be an impact tight end. You look at his cap hit, he should be an impact tight end. He's not. And if the offensive line is struggling to block along that left side, Fasano should be in there a little bit more, freeing up the quarterback to make the plays to his wide receivers. If they want to go Fasano and Marquise Gray, and as somebody even suggested on our YouTube page, and I, I can't disagree with him, elevate Thomas Duarte. He can't be anything worse than Julius Thomas, and then you're playing Marquise Gray and Fasano anyway. For me, I, I just – the Julius Thomas thing really burned me early in the game. It, it sure does. I mean, Julius Thomas caught a 23-yard pass that you or I could have caught, and – Overall for the year, after three games, what he's got seventy something yards, and think of it, think of that combination uh, on that interception, Cutler to Julius Thomas. Then remind yourself that they're making a combined what seventeen or eighteen million dollars this year. The Dolphins pissed money away all over the place this off season based on these first three games. Uh, a few other stats that are going to make you throw up on yourself. The Dolphins' third down completion percentage, third down conversion rate, is 21.1%. To, to put it in perspective how bad that is, 
The next team is the Browns, and they're at 28%. You're talking about a full seven percentage points worse on third down than the next team. And and you're exactly right, Paul, what you said earlier. When you're holding – when you're, you're the Dolphins' defense. Yeah, they haven't been perfect. They're not creating the turnovers they need to. And on they're allowing quarterbacks to have a completion percentage of, of – 70-something percent. It's very bend but don't break. But they five minutes left in the first half against the Chargers. Dolphins are down three to nothing. Two minutes left in the first half against the Jets. They're down three to nothing. And here in this contest, the Dolphins go into halftime down three to nothing as well. And, and that's after the, the Saints basically got the ball in field goal range on that final drive the first half. I mean, it, it's pathetic offensively. And again, I'll say what I said before, Matt Moore, last 13 games, quarterback rating of over 100. Should have gone with him. You cut his balls off in front of the entire team, and you signed somebody coming out of the box. So I don't really know what to say. For, so let's let's uh, go ahead. Let me just throw in real quick there. Honestly, of the three quarterbacks that I'm going to talk about and I'm not going to talk about, Brandon Dowdy. The three quarterbacks I saw in this preseason for this team, I really, really, really wish we had kept David Fails because, let's face it, I would start Fails over Matt Moore, and I'm sure I'm going to get some hateful messages about that. And at this point, with the half-assed, lackadaisical effort we're seeing from Cutler on a lot of plays, I'd be inclined to put David Fails in. I don't feel comfortable putting Matt Moore in. I don't feel comfortable with, with Jay Cutler either. God, I miss Ryan Tannehill, and God, I miss David Fales. I kind of wish he was going to be the stopgap until Tannehill comes back next year at this point. Well, yeah, your first hateful message is going to be from me after the show uh, about your Matt Moore <laughs> comment. But anyway, yeah, I, I agree with you. Should have kept Fales. I, I thought he did show a little more upside in the preseason. He would have been interesting to keep around. But, but I, I'll still stick with this. If the Dolphins had Matt Moore, I think they're at least two and one at this point. Yeah, just a theory, but. Anyway, so let, let's get through these grades so that, you know, we can at least try to find some good in this. Quarterback spot, Jay Cutler, his completion percentage was high, but it's really not hard for your completion percentage to be that high. When basically you get the snap, you take two steps back, you urinate yourself, and then you drop the ball off to Jarvis Landry. Of course, you're going to have a high completion rate, but really not for much impact here. I, I, I think everything starts with Jay Cutler. And the very fact that he he can't get anything going, and I start saying, you know, throw the ball downfield, and then he throws two balls down the field, and they're not even in the vicinity of the receiver. So I, I can't be kind toward Jay Cutler again. I, I'm going to give him I'm going to give him a D minus. I'm right there with you on the D minus. And one thing I want to point out, in addition to to what you said, the two things that pissed me off the most were there were two different sacks in this game which maybe they would have got to him eventually, maybe they wouldn't have. But it almost looked like the first time he saw a defender, he just kind of tucked and tiptoed and waited to be tackled, waited for somebody to come through and get to him, stopped looking down the field, stopped trying to throw it down. And it wasn't like it was a scenario where the Saints were setting a record for sacks in a game. Outside of those two, they had two sacks. <laughs> and, and, and he's tiptoeing and gun-shy like he was playing for the Texans seven years ago and just getting killed on every play. That, that wasn't the case. He's not David Carr, it, you know, where, where he's getting slaughtered on every play. He took a couple of hits, sure, but he tiptoed around 
and waited to get tackled by somebody. And I'm sorry, that's just a sissy maneuver out there. And for for that, it, it's he's lucky he's, he doesn't get an F here. Uh, a running back spot again. It seems like Paul were saying the same thing every week. I mean, I can't fault Jai. I mean, he had it's it's an unbelievable stat line. So he had he had he had 44 rushing yards and 46 yards after contact. And I can't remember the exact numbers last week. I think last week he had 16 rushing yards and 21 afterward. And I said before the year, how what a shame it would be for the Dolphins off for the Dolphins to have a Jai in the backfield and he can't get out of it when he gets the handoff. I can't really blame him a lot for this game, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, 40 something yards rushing. I, I got to give him a little bit of blame here, but I can't go any lower than a C plus. All right, this is going to get really boring really fast if we keep throwing out the same ratings. Because I, I had a C plus for the guy. I wasn't overly impressed on most plays. I, I do think he's got more ability than he's shown. There were a couple of times I saw some cutback lanes, but it's a little easier to see it from an overhead camera than it is to see it from you know field level running with the ball. But for me, I, I definitely think he needs to get something going. Miami needs a spark on this offense. And I think it's going to have to come from him and from Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake did have a nice run in this game, uh, but overall hasn't really gotten to be a factor. Damian Williams hasn't really gotten to be a factor. So they need to get something going from this running back position. That'll open things up and keep defenses a little more honest. It'll let Cutler have a chance or Matt Moore or whoever the hell ends up playing quarterback by the end of the year have that chance to utilize the weapons in Kenny Stills and Jarvis Landry, in Devontae Parker, in Jakeem Grant, who we still need to see be something other than a decoy when he gets out on the field on offense. So, yeah, for me, it's a C plus. So I'll throw it right back to you on, on the receivers and the tight ends. Tight ends, Julius Thomas gets an F, so that drags the grade right on down anyway. But for me, I liked a lot of what I see out of Kenny Stills to even at this point. There was one play where I saw Kenny Stills streaking wide open down the field and Cutler didn't see him. Devontae Parker, he's still sitting on getting his man card yet again. Uh and it's a shame that it's being wasted on these lackadaisical efforts by the offense. I I like Jarvis Landry, but they either whoever's calling those routes or who however he's breaking those routes off short of the sticks is really starting to get frustrating because he's getting his catches, but they're not the effective catches that they need to be in a lot of scenarios. I I need to see him get more yards after contact again. I I know we saw him returning punts and everything else, but for me, I'm going to go with a B minus for the receivers, mainly because I think they were doing their job. They just weren't getting the opportunities to do more with what they were doing. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to argue with that. Uh, Julius Thomas, for me as well, drags this down. Um, Anthony Fasano also had a big penalty that was a little bit ticky tacky. Yeah, I mean to me, Devontae Parker. I'll say what I what I said before the season. A healthy Devontae Parker is the star of this unit, not Jarvis Landry. And that's not a knock on Landry. Landry just is who he is. And right now. Seven yards, seven yards a catch just isn't doing it, and and I really don't don't point the finger at Landry for that. I think it's the design of the offense. But these screen passes to the wide receiver, 
that are getting, you know, 2.6 yards a, a catch. I mean, it's just not doing it. I mean, at this point, what do you really have to lose? Uh, so, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Devontae Parker makes another spectacular catch, uh, albeit late in the game, that improves the stat line. And, yeah, I think if, if Ryan Tannehill's in there, it's, it's a shame because I'm thinking that, that Parker could end up with, even with Cutler a quarterback, end up having a 90-catch, 1,100-yard season. And it, at this point, it looks like it's all for naught. I'm going to give it, give him overall a C-plus. Yeah, and one the thing I want to throw in here, because you, you you did point something out there with the with the Fasano ticky-tack penalty. I know I'm going to take us on a tangent. We'll get right back to our grades in a second. Ed Hockley and his entire damn crew in this game, and I am not blaming them completely for the loss, but one thing I want to say about all these positions we're grading right now, if you're out there playing football and the refs are doing such an abysmal-ass job as Ed Hockley's crew did over in London – embarrassing American football on an international stage like he did, it's very hard to get into the game at that point, too. I mean, you look back, the the holding penalty on Davin Gachow, where he was getting tackled around the legs and tackled around his upper body from behind. I mean, he held the man's arms with his torso, sure, but uh, that's not really actually him holding. That's the offensive line holding. You look at so many different points in this game where Ed Hockley and his crew made the most mysterious, ridiculous calls. I have never seen where they, where a team looked like they stopped a quarterback on fourth and one or third and one. They bring out the chains, and you see the offensive team walking dejectedly away, and you see the defensive players celebrating and, and pointing at it. You see the camera view that shows the ball looking short of the stick. And then the ref turns and motions a first down for the offense. I have never seen that. I haven't seen it in peewee football, yeah. high school football, college football. You know, you look at some of these tiki, that, that same drive, they already gave it, gave them a play on third down. They gave them a first down. that was absolutely mystifying as well. I mean, yeah, there, there were how four embarrassing. Or five. There were four or five calls that were just shocking. I always say if it, it's, it's okay if, the calls are bad as long as they're fair on both sides. They were not fair on both sides. And another play that was huge on a third and one, Kenny Stills was called for a pick when it was blatantly pass interference on the Saints on that play. So there mm-hmm. were, yeah, and, and those were, you just named three of them, I named one. Those are four huge plays in that game, and a game that was close here for the majority of the contest. So absolutely, I mean, we, we could go on and on. So let's get to the offensive line here. Much better game from Laramie Tunzel at that left tackle spot. I, I rewatched the game too. He played well. Uh, Juwan James not his best game, but I, I still like what I see out of him. The interior of that line, though, I mean, I, I got to say, I told you so. Not you specifically, but I told you had to get better on the interior, and that's why you're seeing what you're seeing out of JJ. I went back and watched the game. The interior of that line was getting pushed back. All game long, Jermon Bushrod, Anthony Steen, Jesse Davis, and yes, Mike Pouncey too. Mike Pouncey was getting pushed back, back, back throughout the entire contest. It, it, it caused a lot of problems here. So not very impressed with what I see out of the offensive line. I think a lot of the sacks Cutler took were a lot of times on him. So overall, but overall not good enough, I'm going to give the offensive line a seat. 
Yeah, I'll give him a C as well. I know Juwan James missed a blitz pickup on on a safety at one point early in the game. That that was one of the sacks that the the uh, Saints got in this one. I know two of the sacks, as I pointed out earlier, I put more on Cutler than I do on the offensive line. But you're right. It's the middle of that offensive line has struggled, and I think a lot of that does come from Pouncey. I don't know if his hips are not where they should be. I don't know if it's just a degradation in strength and ability because of the issues that he's had with his hips over the past few years. I just don't know. But like you said, with the I told you so's, you remember two years ago, I started pointing at the downslide of Pouncey's game. I started pointing at the downslide of Pouncey's health and wished Miami would trade him. And it's not because I don't think he's a hell of a player. I think he's a leader with this team. But you've got to try to make the best you can with the resources you have. And I really think at this point in time, it might be worth even exploring it again. Because I hate to say it, Anthony Steen can't be much worse at center than uh, than Pouncey is at this point. And, and I never thought I'd say that. So. Yeah, it, it's Pouncey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're me. you're you're never going to trade Mike Pouncey because the reason you want him traded is the same reason another team wouldn't take him. My bigger problem is the contract that the Dolphins signed him to several years ago. I, and I, I said the same thing about Rashad Jones this past off season too. I don't believe you sign a player after he's hit his peak, and I think he hit his peak really after his you know third or fourth year. So. I really hope the Dolphins, if anything, fix that offensive line. Maybe there's an option of, nah, see, I wouldn't kick Tunzel back into guard in any situation. I, I think Tunzel, he's got a rare skill set here. Keep him at left tackle. I'm glad that he played a good game. That's one one thing here. So let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. At least we're going to have some well, better news and some better grades. Before we move on, I'll just throw my grade out there. I'm throwing a C out for those guys. I think it was an average effort. But like you said, the bookends are, are definitely getting better uh, at doing their jobs, especially Juwan James. I'll tell you what I said before the season, too. You build your offense for the future long-term players. Jay Jaye, Devontae Parker, Laramie Tunzel, Juwan James. They need to get Juwan James under contract, even though he didn't have his best game. Defensive line, you know, every time I look back, it looks like Indomitian Sue is destroying the interior. Looked like he was playing mad in this game, which he always seems to do. And again, I, I think one of the bright spots of this season so far is Gavin Gottschaw and, and Vincent Taylor at that defensive tackle spot. You know, it looks like the Dolphins are going to be okay there for a little while, and they didn't even get Jordan Phillips back. I mean, the Saints running backs, somewhere around, I think they had 24 carries for 75 yards, and that's a pretty impressive trio. I mean, Alvin Kamara did well in the passing game. But inside, it was pretty tough sledding there. So uh, Cameron Wake also got a sack in this game. Charles Harris played better. You know, are they getting the type of production they need to get out of, you know, Branch, Hayes, and and Harris combined based on what they spent on them? Probably not. But overall, I, I don't blame the defensive line a whole heck of a lot. Could get a better pass rush, but, you know, I, I'm okay with how they played. Not not great, but I'm going to give them a game I'm pretty good with how the defensive line played. Would, would I have liked to have seen a few more sacks show up? Of course I would. Um, but as you pointed out, Vincent Taylor, Davin Gachow, probably both had their best games they've had so far, uh, which is not saying much considering it's their third game. But Indomitian Sue, definitely a disruptive force in the middle of that, that defensive line. 
And I, I liked what I saw out of Hayes, and I liked that there was at least a little bit of a Charles Harris sighting in this game. I got a little fearful on the play where Zach Streif went down for, for the Saints and really landed with his entire body weight on the front of Harris's knee laying on the ground. Luckily, Harris got up, was able to, to walk it off, and seemed fine. But it really looked like that could have ended up being a significant injury, and luckily it wasn't. But, yeah, it, it's they need to be able to get a little bit more pressure than they have been on the quarterback position, but they've all been doing a stellar job defending against the run. I'll give them a B here. The linebacker spot, we've got Lawrence Timmons back. In the lineup, he actually played every snap, which is odd considering he hasn't played up to this point. I gave him enough criticism last week. I'm not going to keep harping on how I feel about that situation every week. So I'll throw it to you first for the linebackers. I was fairly impressed with Timmons in this game. Letting everything else go, I I was definitely fairly impressed with Timmons in this game. I thought he was probably our best linebacker in, in this contest. For me, I thought the linebackers did a decent job especially as you pointed out against a pretty impressive stable of running backs. I won't say trio because Adrian Peterson seems to have gone through that step where uh, the Monstars from Space Jam took his talent away. But Kamara, uh, Ingram, definitely two very talented running backs. There's a pair of very talented tight ends on that team. And I thought overall the linebackers did a pretty decent job being led by Timmons here. And for me, I'll give these guys a solid B as well. I'll go with the C plus for the linebackers. Uh, yeah, I think Timmons played played really well. If we take out everything else, Kiko Alonso, I, I watched pretty closely because actually Coney's corner and I have always disagreed on Alonso. I've always liked him a lot more than him, uh, but he brought to my attention like Alonso's playing like garbage in this game, and I'm thinking, hey, eh, well, you're always complaining about Alonso, but I've I rewatched the game and it just seemed like he was slow reacting to everything in this this contest and, and I think he let up a lot of yards underneath especially you know, you know looking at Alvin Kamara how, how he went off for 10 catches for 70 plus yards so he drags it down a lot here so I'm, I'm going to give them a C plus not terrible and yes Timmons does make them better on paper uh, defensive back Paul the big news in this contest here was before the game a was it an injury? Was it a benching? Was it a combination of both? I don't know, but Bordrea Tankersley did get on the field uh, for his first NFL action. He should have been activated in the first couple of games. That seemed very uh, Joe Philbin-y to me to have him have him inactive. But he did get on the field. He was pressed into action. He was covering Michael Thomas for the majority of the game. He didn't play great, but I thought he, he without question to me, looked the part as that big, fast cornerback. I mean, he was targeted, I think, seven times, and he gave up 36 yards. So against Drew Brees and against the Saints and against a Pro Bowl receiver in Michael Thomas, I think that's a pretty good start there. Xavier Howard on the other side continues to let up a lot of big plays, especially when they matter. There's just not enough on the other side. for There's not enough big plays being made by Xavier Howard to compensate for that. He's still looking for his first career interception. In the slot, I've I've said for years and years, that slot cornerback spot is a starting position and an important one in the NFL. Bobby McCain had a rough day. One in particular where Mark Ingram caught a short pass and McCain had him five yards before the sticks. He just tripped him over, went for the first down, turned out to be a big first down. Bobby McCain 
10 passes thrown his way, according to pro football focus, all 10 completed. Just a really terrible day for him at the office. Ultron Verner only got on the field for one snap, and that's two uh, 10 snaps over the last two weeks for him. Rashad Jones, I thought, looked better in this game, looked faster, kind of looked like the Rashad Jones of old. Nate Allen sucks and will continue to suck. I hope we see a little bit more Michael Thomas going forward. But looking at, at the defensive spot in general, I, I think we saw some some positive steps forward from a lot of these players. But you look at Drew Brees, he was able to complete the passes he needed to, a quarterback rating of 105.4 for the game, and the defensive backs are mostly to blame for that. So I, I can't give him any higher than a C. For me, I can go with a B- minus here. And one thing I liked was Cordrea Tankersley almost got his first interception at the goal line on his first drive as a pro, which was pretty impressive to me. Xavier um, Howard, I, I do think he's still struggling a little bit. I know he got hurt, dinged up a little as the game went on. Bobby McCain, I, I, I definitely saw some downs, but I also saw a few ups. I mean, he he definitely seems to be flying up and run support. He needs to learn a little more to break down and, and really contain a little bit when he gets there. But he had he had that one pretty impressive one-handed tackle that saved a pretty significant game. I think it was in the third quarter. So, I mean, it, it's he's definitely feast or famine, but, but he's also exactly what we've said for two years now. We've known he's feast or famine. And, you know, from your nickel quarterback, He's going he's gonna to take some risks, he's going to give up some plays, and he's going to make some plays. I mean, at least in this contest for me, he was making a few plays to kind of counteract some of those negatives, which I'll take. I really will because at least I saw some solid effort from the kid as well, which we can't say about the offensive side of the ball whatsoever. So, yeah, for me, yeah, I can definitely go with a B-minus for these guys and feel comfortable. And that's just I don't I don't even think about Nate Allen at this point because it just pisses me off as much as Ray Maluga does. <laughs> the, yeah, Bobby McCain, I definitely don't doubt the effort, I, and it's hard for me to get mad at him. It, it reminds me back when Jay Fiedler was the Dolphins' quarterback. He just wasn't talented enough, and it was hard for me to get mad at the guy. I thought he always oh, thought he did the best he could, but he is playing way too many snaps, and he just is not good enough. And He's not making any big plays out there, and he's given a whole heck of a lot of them up. Looking at, at special teams, I already miss Matt Dar. It seems like Matt Hawk is, has been a substantial downgrade to this point. And the first play of the game, Jakeem Grant takes the ball out to the 13-yard line. I mean, this guy, this guy every single game is doing something wrong. I wish they would just take him off returns. Have him out there as a speedy guy, five or ten snaps a game at wide receiver, and be done with it. And Ted Ginn also had a pretty big return in this game, too. So special teams, not the greatest. But the alarming thing is, when you look at the fact that the Dolphins have been really shut out for two games in a row, if you don't account for the garbage touchdown at the end of the Jets game, the amazing thing to me is that Cody Parkey hasn't even attempted a field goal in the last two games, which means the Dolphins forget about not scoring points. They're not even getting into field goal range for games at a time. It, it just keeps getting worse there. But overall, special teams nothing to nothing to shine about. Punter was bad. Kicker didn't attempt anything. Returner was bad. Let up a big or to return to Ted again. Nothing really that good. I'm going to give him a C minus. 
I'm going to go with a C plus for these guys for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. And yeah, I think, I think the third down percentage is one of the biggest factors you can point to in terms of that field position. thing. they're not able to make their way down there. The dolphins aren't managing to get the turnovers at this point that, that we'd hope to see to, to put them in position. And, and really the return game isn't putting them in any surprisingly good positions as well. And then the times that they have gotten down in the field goal range, they've been at a point in the game where essentially they're in four down territory or it's complete and total give up time. So yeah, it's a little rough because Cody Park, he did show he can do some good things for us uh, on week and week two, which was the first game of this season, which is going to screw me up at, at times right now. But yeah, for me, it, it's a C plus. I, I do love what we've gotten from Matt Dar, but hopefully Matt Hawk can get it straight now. We've shown we've seen that he's got the ability to do so already. So hopefully we see him straighten it out at a point when the offense can actually do something, and you know it's not something that's going to change the outcome of the game. I, I don't see what Hawk did as anything that changed the outcome of the game. I don't see that return by Gann as anything that changed the outcome of the game. So really, they didn't do anything for the better or worse to change the outcome of this game on special teams, which is both good and bad. So for me, it's a C plus. So it's going to be hard to pick the player of the game this week for the Dolphins. Who did you go with? I'm going to go with Tankersley. I know he got targeted and burned a little bit at times, but overall, I, I just was really, really impressed with this kid that was supposed to need a year to develop. And yet, you know, you look at that, as I pointed out before, he was a guy that first drive of the game damn near picked off Drew Brees on a great play on the ball at the goal line. So for me, it was Tankersley. Devontae Parker probably would have been a second for me on this. I, I had both of those guys that you, that you named in mind, too. I'm going to go with Laramie Tunzel here. I, I think it was really important for him to get back on track. If he had gone up there, against the Saints and, you know, giving up a couple of sacks. At that point, I would have really started to worry about him. Not a surprise because I bought his jersey, but still, uh, I would have started to worry about him. But he did come back with a with a good game. I thought, thought he played with better leverage. I thought he packed a, a pretty big punch. He did have a really bad face mask penalty that, that took away a long Jay Ajayi run. But other than that, I, I, I think I started to see that player – that I thought could be an elite left tackle. So good for him. Uh, who's your goat of the game? I hate to do this again. Second time already this year. But for me, it's Adam Gase. After all this talk about garbage offense and making changes and doing this and doing that, I lo- I've got faith in Gase, but it's starting to waver a little bit because he's saying all the words during the week. But when it comes to crunch time, we're still not seeing Marquise Gray. We're still not seeing Damian Williams. We're still not really seeing Kenyon Drake. We're still not seeing Jakeem Grant. We're not seeing them keep a, a tight end in really on a lot of plays to help the offensive line when they're struggling. We're not seeing him come up with anything creative, innovative, or ways to utilize the strengths of this, the players on this offense. And he's, if he's going to continue throwing a Joe Philbin-like offense out on the field, he's going to sit right there in my goat slot every week until this offense starts trying to do something that means something. Yeah, I agree on Gase. I mean, he needs to show more creativity. If you had to pick a player, who would it be? I'm going to go with Pouncey. You know, you're supposed to be a pro bowler and a leader of this offense, and yet 
you and the two guys around you are getting pushed around every damn play, and it's too much. It it really is too much for somebody that's supposed to be such a high-caliber player for this offense. Julius Thomas probably would have been a close, 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 close second. Yeah, I'm for the second week in a row, I've got to go with Jay Cutler. I mean, to me, it begins and ends with him. And everything that he's doing is just stifling this offense. I mean, you look at that one wildcat play, you know, for him just to go out there and not even – I mean, you remember when Chad Pennington used to break out? He at least looked like he was in the play. And it just – believe me, it's, it's not a huge problem. But, man, oh, man, I'm going to go with Jay Cutler. I don't see the team getting better if, if that's the case. That will do it for our – unfortunate wrap-up of the Miami Dolphins, New Orleans Saints, 20 to nothing defeat here. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. Follow us here throughout the week. We'll keep you updated on Marcus Mariota and whether or not he's going to play, as well as the Dolphins really do-or-die matchup against the Tennessee Titans. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.